Greetings Padawans and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. And don't forget about Juder Fred and everyone's favorite rebel, Ziskeg. Welcome, everyone, back to episode three of the Archives podcast. Fred is currently asleep, question mark. He is AFK. He may join us throughout. If not, enjoy smiling, happy Fred. But we do also have a guest host with MJ. I'm doing a video with MJ. It's probably out already. Go check that one out. I'll put it up in the top right. And we, of course, got... The Juder. Ain't nobody cuter than the Juder. How y'all doing? Today we are talking about in the archives episode three. Everyone's favorite, Star Wars episode three. And we just finished watching the last four episodes of the Clone Wars, which lead into episode three. And I'm very excited to talk about this as it is my favorite Star Wars movie the only thing is it's also my least favorite because it makes me so sad and it's probably the one i've seen the least just because it's so hard for me to get through it and um we have a chalked podcast ready to go for you guys so without further ado let's get into this now you lot with star wars it's been a slippery slope recently with so many different projects that have been under delivering or just not really living up to the billing in the first place but with the addition of episodes one two and three how do you feel like star wars has been able to adapt from such grandioso success since the original trilogies I would probably say that the movie look better in general because mm-hmm. of the time difference from, what was it, the 80s to the 2000s? Yeah, pretty much. And During that time, they probably learned a lot more about screenplay and stuff. Bro, I remember watching it for the first time with you, the older ones. You just like, It was hell. Yeah, you couldn't get through them. And... I do think that they should probably at some point, right? And I know that they don't have, like, actual clearance to do this because part of the deal was, hey, man, listen, it is what it is. Roll the punches. What were we saying? Um, Nah, but low-key, it is funny that with the invention of just newer stuff... I think it's funny how they kind of had to keep themselves back a little bit because they couldn't just put all this new and new tech because literally the newer movies are in the past. So yeah. I always found that to be funny. And uh, it was just a it was a really good experience getting some more Star Wars. But the thing that I really enjoy the most about the newer movies compared to the OT was that they incorporated some world building that we didn't really get to see in the originals. And through that world building was the 
tons of different planets and the politics. Now, MJ, I, I'd love to know your opinion just on the prequels as a whole. Um, the prequels as a whole felt very political, very political. You know what I mean? Really With political. the whole Senate. Um, if you didn't know any better, you'd think there was like a president, which I mean, in this case, there is. It's the Jedi Council. I That's it. If I'm going with that road, yeah, it's the Jedi Council. Mm -hmm. Jedi are crazy dudes too, man. Like, just taking a step back. And I love to be, I love to cook up these half-baked ideas about like what the Jedi, like their purpose really was. And for me... It's kind of like the Jedi to the Republic or like the ISB to the Empire. Like it's these super elite dudes that have a whole lot of control, whole lot of power. They're in charge wherever they go. And I just like I've been watching Andor myself just on the on the side and watching just how the ISB just go about their business. They have so much in common with the Jedi that you just kind of forget how the things used to work. And I love just the stark difference of how the galaxy was rocking when the Jedi were running around and then when the Empire's around. Because truthfully, I think that the Jedi were incredibly power hungry. You know, they were meant to be guardians of the peace and protectors of justice, but at the same time, I think they were more so like enforcers of the justice because you look at in the Clone Wars and you see just everywhere they go. Sure, people are excited to see a Jedi, but that's more so just because they're such like mythological beings at the same time. Like these are human beings that can move shit around with their hands and their mind, you know? Yeah. Like how would you feel? We mutants. Exactly. I'd, I'd be tweaking out, man. Like we do that stuff with athletes. Like Leo Messi dribbles a ball down the pitch and you're like, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. But imagine seeing Ahsoka Tano do a triple front flip, jump off of a moving airplane and land right in front of you in a fighting pose ready to <laughs> slice some heads off. Like Imagine just as a citizen what the hell they were feeling. So it's really cool to see how they're able to capture that. But it would be super, super cool and maybe impactful just to see Star Wars from a point of view of just a normal cat. And I think that's why I really enjoy Andor so much because they are just normal dudes in that show. And it's every everything that's little and intricate about what's going on in the world and i think a show in the prequel era with that kind of connotation would be nice but obviously since andor is kind of like the thing at the moment for that genre you kind of have to spread it out a bit so it'd be cool it'd be really cool but with the politics and everything like you touched upon mj i honestly think that you could create a show like a Plagueis show and literally just center it around the politics for one season because of how much dude was going about his business undercover as Hugo Damask and was 
literally planting seeds here and there that eventually tied into the entirety of hijacking the Senate and putting Palpatine in charge. Have you read the Plagueis novel? You haven't? Oh, man. No, I have not. Nope. It is... I'd recommend it to both of y'all because I know each of you enjoy bits and pieces of what it offers. And if you ever... if you, Have you ever seen the TV show Dexter? Yes. So I would say that Darth Plagueis, Hugo Damask, is literally Dexter. Like, he understands that he is a bad dude. He understands that he's doing everything for the dark side. And he gets that. And he doesn't try and, like, defend it. But he still does it. He's still out there slaying and slaughtering people. But he does it with a smile on his face, you know? Um, I think... It's a really sick book. I'd recommend it to everyone. I think Juder would especially like it because of it's one of those books that has the sound effects and the voice acting. So mm -hmm. I think you'd really get into it. Um, have y'all? Have y'all? I know Ju, you were you're a comics guy, especially with that Doctor Afra. What's like the latest thing that you've been diving into? Probably the Clone Wars. Yeah. That's probably the, yeah. I haven't really seen much of it. Mm -hmm. And then you were streaming it earlier, which we saw. But I want to go back and start from the beginning. And see yeah. what leads up to those moments. Clone Wars, man, especially, it's one of the more palpable series, especially because when it dropped, there were, like, no expectations for it. And when you have so many pivotal characters in the Clone Wars... It just makes you wonder, like, how much context can be added? And it is one of those things, too, where you're touching upon a story that you already know the ending of. But like we're watching in the Clone Wars, and we're literally saying, do it, do it, do it. But they don't do it because you know that they can't. It's just all that more depressing when it ultimately comes down. Uh, MJ, have you seen the Clone Wars? Uh, no, I have not. I've seen more so just the ending of it. Mm -hmm. um, the old movie of the Clone Wars I saw, mm -hmm. uh, and the 2D uh, version as well I saw. But I have to catch up on the Clone Wars TV show, definitely. Who's your favorite character from like that era, if you could say? From prequels? Yeah. I mean, it's Anakin, without a doubt. It's got to be right. It, yeah, dude, <laughs> the story of Anakin is honestly just from a reader's perspective. If you dive into it, like zero to a hundred, it's really tragic. And for just, sure, damn. And something that Juder touched upon last podcast, like sure, Anakin's the chosen one, but like the sad thing is he never had a choice about it. You know, his right. the only time he was ever given a choice is when his mom asks him, like, do you want to go with this Jedi? And that's the only time he's ever given a choice. If he says, no, I, I just want to stay here, Qui-Gon respects it, and Qui-Gon's going to let that happen. But, man, yeah, like you said, the story of Anakin's crazy because there's really no parallels to it. There's really no characters like that in history. And it's nuts that he has, like, six movies, a TV show... 
and even more additional shows and movies that touch upon his story like star wars is the story of anakin skywalker and it's just incredible that it's probably like i think he's the best character in cinema history or none i don't think that there's a character that gets as much attention nor plot it as he does and yet his story stays so linear no matter what form of media is touched upon like I remember when we all played Jedi Fallen Order for the first time and we're facing off against Trilla and all of a sudden big old Vader hops down and you you feel it like you feel the shift in the room you understand that and that was a good representation of it 1000% fantastic representation of it and it gave you that feeling like in that moment as you, behind the joysticks you felt like the rebels did in the hallway when you saw dog ignite his lightsaber bro like you knew it was just going down and oh man those are the scariest moments i i can imagine playing a video game that's why i think man being able to to pull that off and see what that character is capable of just imagine like what would have happened if he if he never got hurt if he never got hurt if he never got toyed with because just imagine that much power but just with the light side and having the correct perspectives on things man it's crazy but part of that does dive into Plagueis's plan and his master Darth Tenebris they planned the everything that was everything that happened from episodes one to the end of episodes three all of that was planned and it's it's crazy how everything just fell into place how it was meant to the only thing that wasn't planned was anakin but if they could get anakin onto the dark side they could accelerate everything tenfold and it just so happened that you had everything going on here that was distracting Anakin and making him feel, you know, palpable to these feelings. And Palpatine pulled out an utter masterclass with his grooming of Anakin. And man, Jesus, an absolute masterclass. Done his Wanda Franco arc. He's exactly, you know. That's fucked. Starting when they're young. <laughs> Palpatine's involvement with it all was really a force to be reckoned with because he was put into power essentially by Plagueis' plan. He was put in as a senator of Naboo. They pull off and they pull some strings to attach... Uh, Chancellor Valorum and the party of Valorum, the family of Valorum, with corruption. There's a meeting to either keep Valorum in power or subside him. It, it was basically the the whole thing of um, President Nixon when he did his Watergate scandal. A lot of that was represented in Star Wars with Valorum. And eventually Palpatine gets voted as the chancellor. And the crazy thing is, at the same time, when this is happening, you have sifo ordering 10 million clones to be made because he sees this vision of what's going to happen. Dude gets captured by his best friend, Dooku. Dude goes crazy. 
And all of a sudden, we have a Clone War. And we're into the age of the Clone Wars, where you have your Separatists, who are your... Really, like, the, the crazy thing is, the Separatists are the good guys. If you really think about it, they're literally just saying, yo, we see what's going on in the Republic. We see y'all are giving these people power. We don't, we don't mess with it. We don't want any part of it. We just want to do our own thing, you know, command our own systems, buy our systems, be private. Mm. And then you have the Republic who's all set on everyone being in the Republic. They want everyone to be in the Republic as possible. So while we have this like idealization of, oh, the Republic are the good guys, really at the in the age of the Clone Wars, the Republic are more so looking like Germany in the 40s because they're just trying to maintain control over as much as possible. And that's really what the Clone Wars are about. And we see this with episode two when we kick it off in the arena in Geonosis. And even though they're setting up, you know, two Jedi to die and Padme Amidala to die, they're doing it just because that's what they've been told to do by the person that's in charge, which in turn is Palpatine. So the man just pulling strings is crazy. He played both sides. Exactly. And he was literally like playing chess <laughs> against himself. Like he knows what's going on, but the players on the, on the board are the clones, the droids, the Jedi, the Separatist leaders, and, of course, the planets and the citizens on those planets. So it's really sad to see, really. But at the same time, it's just like you have to just appreciate the level of detail that went into this entire grand plan because it's really showcased in three movies you see just a, the domino effect of the Jedi Order falling, the Republic falling, and the people giving power to the Empire, which then we get three more movies, which people want the power back from the Empire. So it's a really beautiful tale that's told, and you do get to see things like characters that you fall in love with fall or rise to try and save the day. And I think that's the beauty of Star Wars. And with movies and TV shows that can capture and represent those moments, I think it becomes a really, really special, special franchise. And I think that's kind of the feeling that we've lost is that we're more so getting what I like to call fan films or fan fictions that gets produced recently. But then you have moments of hope and brilliant things like the Clone Wars, Tales of the Jedi, Andor, I think those are really great representations of what the hell is going on at the moment. And with Andor especially, Jude, I know that you're a huge fan of it. Like, what was the, what was the feeling that you captured from that that just made you fall in love with that show? Man, when those boys were locked up in prison. Yeah. They had to work together. Building those Death Star parts. Free. Didn't know what, just didn't know what they were doing, just doing what they were told to do. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't get in line, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were relaying from different parts. Yeah, relaying the message from different parts of the prison. And you feel the Empire at that point, too, because, like, when you find out 
ultimately that hey if you get released you're not actually released you get reassigned like you move from pod two to pod four you're not actually getting out and then that big old escape it was beautiful it was beautiful that's what i think i resonate most with because it's literally a, it's a prison break you know in star wars and it's so well written and you just Uh oh you just forget you just forget how things be going but have you seen uh andor mj yeah i did uh andor is really great and uh it may be a hot take but it wasn't for the action for me it was the dialogue it had four great speeches throughout that whole season mm -hmm. and every three episodes was also a mini arc within the season every three episodes which i thought was fantastic like the prison break at the very end was you know the best arc um uh andor's mom's um uh I, martha is it marva yeah, yeah marva okay my bad no you got um, you got it right it was that was a whole arc in itself as well so i mean yeah, it had, uh, what was it, 12 episodes that season? I th Yeah, I think it's 12. Yeah, it every three episodes 12. was an arc. Yeah, with the increase of shows like that, because all I want, like, I love that the story of Star Wars is told from one to six, right? I don't really want shows that introduce new characters and you're trying to prop them up on this pedestal but i do want shows that introduce context and i think that rogue one and the andor show are great examples because i wasn't really sold on rogue one before the andor show as soon as andor came out i'm like jesus christ rogue one might be <laughs> one of the better films that i've ever seen in in general period because it gives you the context of what the hell is going on in between these. While also putting our main characters on the pedestal. And every character in the show is really just looking up at them. And feeling their power. And I think that that... Whether like the Andor Rogue One universe. Those two were able to really sell me. On that era of Star Wars, especially when you have characters like Director Krennic, characters like Cassie and Andor, even characters like Cyril, who's just sitting there eating some cereal, you know. But you see what's going on in the times, and I think that's what Clone Wars is able to really do. Is it tells the story of what's going on in between maybe two of the most pivotal movies in the entire franchise. You have Episode Two, which begins Anakin going down that dark path and you have episode three which solidifies Anakin on that dark path so if they if they can somehow capture more of those feelings in this Ahsoka show that's coming out by golly I will be a fan for life confirmed because Episode 3, I think, is the greatest film in cinema history because you see the heights of a character, you see the heights of a hero, and you see the fall of that hero at the beginning and at the end. And it's just one of those movies that 
a lot of people take for granted and I myself take it for granted a lot but at the same time I still think it's pretty fucking great <laughs> I still think it's pretty great it's just one of those that it's tough for me to watch man it's really tough for me to watch but then I can watch a like me and Judah threw on this goofy show <laughs> goofy movie last night with Brenda Song and we figured out the killer in the first... Judah figured out the killer in the first 10 minutes based off of dude's boots, you know? So we're able to dissect stuff, but it's really hard to dissect things in Star Wars, especially when there's storytelling that's done properly. Like, I, when we watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, I could tell you square one that it was going to focus around Reva. And man... We just weren't, we just weren't on that train, you know? We just weren't on that train. Like, Reva's a good character, but I'm not watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi show for Reva. Watching it for Kenobi. Yep. And there's not much that we could do with that, you know? <laughs> Especially when it's, what, like a six-episode season? And you're giving reva so much time like it's okay to show us what's going on with the villains but at the same time like we don't want to know too much about the villains when we want to see what the hell has been going on with one of the main characters of three movies in 10 years you know so i don't think that they did a great job with the kenobi show um but i think they were just trying their best to capture that feeling of episode three but they just weren't able to do it they just weren't able to do it, but when you watch a show like Clone Wars, you're able to feel like, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's him. So I think it just goes out to writers like George, like Dave Filoni, who feel these characters and know these characters. Now, if y'all had to pick one character, right, that you feel the most sad for out of the entire prequel era, who would it be? Maul. <laughs> it's it, between Maul and Anakin for me. Yeah. Maul's story is also pretty tragic. It is. It's one of those sad ones, too. Yeah. You don't really understand that until you get to the end and you see how crazy he is because he's been right the whole time. Like you were saying when we were watching Clone Wars with his monologue, what'd you say? It's deep, and uh, that everything that he was spitting was just factual. Yeah. Not a single drop was a lie. And Ahsoka thought he was bullshitting. Yeah. And that's kind of why I feel so bad for Ahsoka, because you could see, like... Sh when Maul was offering his hand, like, join me and we'll, we'll end this, we'll fix this, you could see that she really wanted to do it, but she had that, that Jedi training in her that was saying, like, oh, no, you must do what's right, and what's right is just a theoretical right. So it's, it's upsetting for sure, and I think you're completely right. The Maul was that... Maul was that one-of-one one crackhead that's being fed crack by the CIA <laughs> telling everyone what's going on, but no one's believing him because he is a crackhead. Yeah, that's <laughs> why is that right? It's sad, man. It's really, really sad. 
Um, no one believes the crackhead. No one I got does. one. I got, what's that one clone that has like he's deformed? I feel bad Echo. for that motherfucker. Is it, no, is it Echo? Yeah. The one that dies giving the grenades away. Oh, that's a that 99. I feel bad for him. That shit's sad. It is sad. Doing shit for his squad. Went out a hero. They were just <laughs> degrading that man any chance they got. <laughs> Fucked up. 99 was a good guy. He had a really good story, too. He had a really good story. And he died honorably, man. So shout out to... Shout out to 99, man. Uh, probably one of my favorite things about the Clone Wars show was just getting to know the clones. Getting to know the clones. And that's what's so sad about the show is you you get to know these characters and then all of a sudden they're just gone. They're just fodder. Yep. And you see these clones putting in work and one of the like coldest quotes to me in hindsight, is when the clones are saying to Plo Koon, like, why, why did you come back for us, sir? Like, we're clones. We're meant to be expendable. And Plo Koon looks them straight in the eye and says, not to me. And those are the same clones that gun him down, bro. <laughs> and it's nuts, man. It's nuts. Um, if y'all had to pin... A tale on the donkey about the true purpose of the Clone Wars. Outside of the context of... We know it's Palpatine's grand plan, right? What would you say the Clone Wars was trying to accomplish? Trying to make one big group of people under one power yeah united states of empire yep. yeah and that... america baby number one everywhere baby <laughs> worldwide number one that's the thing that bothers me the most too is that they were each fighting for pretty much the same thing just with opposite connotations the separatists wanted everyone to have their own choice the Republic wanted everyone to have Republic ties. I mean, when you really look at it, the Republic were the bad guys in the Clone Wars. Because the Separatists were literally just fighting for what they believed in, while the Republic was... They were just getting played, man. I don't know what the Republic was feeling, but it wasn't freedom. It wasn't freedom. And that's the sad thing, man. Like, it, there's such blurred lines with this good and evil thing because the Republic does a lot of things that are good. Like, they're feeding these planets that don't have the money for it. At the same time, though, they're also destroying planets just so they can call it a Republic world. And it's sad because the Separatists aren't really like they're causing catastrophe but it's because of the republic's presence you know they're attacking these republic worlds because they're having a republic presence they have clones they have bases and all that and none of this fighting would happen on so many of these planets if 
neither of them are there. These planets are just trying to chill. And ultimately, I think the true loser of the Clone Wars, we talked about the winner, but the true loser of the Clone Wars are just the people, man. Because no one really, like, no one really won the Clone Wars in, in general. The Jedi got f fucked. The Separatists got slaughtered. <laughs> and Palpatine won. Palpatine won, for sure. He was the only yeah. winner from it, really. Because even the clones, like, the clones got phased out. Murdered in some cases. The droids got deactivated. No one really won except Palpatine. So he did get what he wanted in the end, but... Yeah, I feel like Palpatine and Thrawn are two of the most smartest villains. Oh, no, yeah, top three. There, I do have a third, but it's not Star Wars related. Who would your um, third be? Osman, I don't. I might. I'm gonna butcher this name. Osman Dias, Osman Dias from Watchmen. Amadeus. Yeah, yeah. Amadeus. <laughs> Amadeus. <laughs> yeah, he's the dude that. Uh, most villains will tell you their grand scheme before uh, it's even dealt, which, you know, uh, thwarts the future of the grand scheme, usually. He's the type of dude that will tell you the grand scheme at the very last 10 seconds of the grass, uh, grand scheme, like it's, like a nuke's going off and it's already <laughs> on the way down. He's like, listen, you lost. It's, over. it's dropping and it's about to hit and... T-minus three. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. See, I like, I I like villains like that. The ones that don't talk yeah. so much. Mm -hmm. That's why I like Thrawn. Cause he's just about his business. He's not sitting there giving you a soliloquy about some bullshit. Sometimes he does that. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes yeah. he'll give you a soliloquy about some bullshit. But at the same time, he only does that when he's in the comfort of his own victory. So when he captures Hera Syndulla, he knows he's got her. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there just torturing her with a great her family's relic and <laughs> That's breaking her down, talking to her about her dead brother and her dead parents, the parents that died at his hand. It's savagery at its finest. He is a maniacal bastard all the while. He's got his yoga mat getting pressed and cleaned, ready to get after it. And he's an art collector, too. So I think he's just one of those characters. I love Thrawn, man. I love Thrawn. If we can get, instead of Ahsoka Season 2, give us Thrawn Season 1, but let it be like a connection of each other. That'd be cool, because I want to see what this man's been up to. He's had too much time, and we need to see... Th like a little bit of Thrawn in the Clone Wars too because he's been around he worked with Anakin <gasps> you know so we, <laughs> we can talk about Ahsoka too if you guys want to Ahsoka man that show is just going to be different gravy Bonkers. it's going to be gravy. different gravy I hope it doesn't let me down like Kenobi did I don't think it can because if it does like that's it and I think you said that about Kenobi, boy. Look what it sucks, though, man. Because like with Kenobi, Kenobi's like that. I don't even know how to. It's kind of like when you water down a drink. Oh, you're hyped up. Oh, it's. Ooh, I got soda. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, or like water. when you're 
when your ice melts in a drink and there's just so much water up top and then at the uh, bottom you got that little bit that's decent yeah. that little bit that's yeah. decent was that vader anakin fight y'all just yeah. gave us six episodes of them fighting just one long ass fight for two hours duking it out would have been great all i needed but instead all i needed we got left with why yep yep but with a so Grogu. <laughs> fuck grogu <laughs> fuck grogu all my homies hate grogu oh honestly like uh that's unfortunate man i don't like them i don't like them i like grogu <laughs> see we like we like we liked mando but they we just like <laughs> they wasted our time season with season three, three bro Ooh. I mean, Grogu's still chilling. He, he's still, like, he still hasn't even Why said nothing back? yet. He should be with Luke! Come on, man. Why did Luke have to do that, bro? No, do you, you want choose. this chain mail or a lightsaber, young child? <laughs> yeah. Definitely going with the chain mail. <laughs> he lit up that lightsaber, bro. He's taking a lightsaber. He is the only person... He's the only sentient being of all time that is taking some fucking chainmail over a working <laughs> lightsaber. Like, what an idiot. I hate Shh, Grogu, bro. You can have this. Or this. <laughs> yeah. What this stupid, ugly chainmail or this really bright, cool lightsaber that was used by one of the greatest Jedis of all time. It looks like you. <laughs> Take the chain mail. <laughs> maybe, bro. Maybe he wasn't ready for prime time. Maybe. Yeah, now we got Din Grogu. Yeah, yeah no. Mando was literally like, this baby, it's mine. <laughs> Where are the parents? Yeah. <laughs> they got slaughtered. If you really think about it, bro, Mandalorian is basically just Star Wars' version of Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Grogu's like, you're not giving me You're giving me the master woo, but I wipe my own ass. Does that make Bam Scuba Steve? Oh fuck! <laughs> that makes that little fucking ball that he gets Scuba Steve, <laughs> and that makes uh. Ooh, that make that makes uh what Bo Katan, the little homeless dude who wants a McMuffin, <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, man, I just... they stop serving breakfast after ten thirty. <laughs> oh, get get a happy meal. <laughs> I would be remiss if we got a bad season of Ahsoka. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think Ahsoka's gonna be a banger. I, I have watch parties as well, and I, I may punch something if I'm not feeling it. I have had other shows where I didn't like the show mid-watch party. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't like feel like a rage, but this is the type of show, kind of like Kenobi, but like with Kenobi, I was satisfied getting Vader and, you know, Kenobi for the most part, you know? Um, with this show, they really should not even think about fumbling the ball. They should have that thing tightly gripped. They should. They really should. A lot of people will be unhappy. The reason why I'm so... And I touched upon this on episode one of the archives. The reason why I'm so confident 
is because Dave Filoni literally created Ahsoka. That is his. Mm-hmm. That's his character. And every time she's ever been in Mando or Book of Boba Fett, he's been in charge of that episode, and they've always been banger episodes, right? True. Every single time. And I'm more. I would bet my car. Granted, it's a 2003 Ford Focus. You know, it's not worth much, but I'd bet my car on Ahsoka being a banger than it being a stinker. Honestly, and I don't think it could be. I don't think there's gray area. I don't think it can be mediocre. I think it's either going to live up to expectations or fall to them. But the other thing I was thinking about, right, with Andor. And I was watching this last night, the finale. You, dude, there's like 24 main characters in the show. Each of them have their own story that's going on. You have Mon Mothma, you have the lady, you have Cyril, you have mm-hmm. Andor, Luthern. you have Luthen, you have Vel, you have the, I don't know her name, but Vel's girlfriend, that chick. Um, and you have all this different stuff going on at once. You have the kid whose dad died who made the pipe bomb. You have Andor's best friend who took care of Marva. You have Marva. You have the droid. You have all these characters. Kino freaking Loy. Shout out to him. Rest in peace. All these characters that you care about. And they tell the story so well. And it all culminates into this one funeral where you see everyone's story intertwine with Ahsoka. What do you have? You have Ahsoka Tano. You have Sabine Wren, Balin Skull, Shin Hadi. Shout out to her. Um, you have the lady who's the Night Sister. You have the Inquisitor. And on top of all those characters, you have Grand Admiral Thrawn. I think that there's more screen time for these characters than we realize. And I'm hoping that this show is simply about getting to the point where Ahsoka can challenge Thrawn. Or at least just get to him. Because we've never seen the two in the same room for a hot minute. So... I'm excited, and I don't expect to see Thrawn until really late in the series, but I think it's just going to... Season gonna... finale. There he is. Like I was, I'd be pissed. Like I was saying in the video with MJ, bro, it's not even seeing Thrawn for the first time that's going to do it for me. It's going to be those fucking organs, dog. Just hearing his theme hit, and this show itself has me getting goosebumps and has me excited already, so that's a testament to how great that these characters are that we've already bought into them so shout out to them um do you have anything else to say about ahsoka boys before we transition when's it come out comes out nine days days. nine days and four hours what the fuck yeah wednesday i'm stupid yeah it comes out the 22nd at 11 50 p.m Pacific. So I am absolutely hyped. Ten o'clock. Right. The only thing I could add on to Ahsoka is that I'm 
I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I'm really, really feeling like Sam Witwer is Merrick. I bro, I want to see. I want to see Star Killer and Cannon. Like, just I can just I I had a vision, daydreaming, whatever you want to call it, that Ahsoka knocked off his helmet, and we just saw Sam. Like, oh mm -hmm. my God, the jaws alone would just be beyond broken to the floor at that particular moment man Judah, he's your favorite fucking character in video games bro how would you pog out if we see big old star killer i mean the show would come out chair, man. Yeah, i mean i'm not falling but i'm screaming i'm running around my living room 100 mic on freaking out like there's no shot this is actually happening Look, I'll make a I'll make a wager right now, live on the pod. If we see Star Killer, I will purchase a replica of his lightsaber. And mind you, boys, mind you, the only replica saber I own is Anakin's. That's it. That's hot. That's hot. He's the only character that I've ever gotten a replica for. This was. Half a stack, you know? So I care about this shit, man. My replica is Princess Leia's, and it's it was six. It was six hundo. That's fair. I got man. a baseball bat. It's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If, if we see Starkiller, bro, I will buy his lightsaber. And it's a dope-ass lightsaber, too. Yeah, dude. The kyber crystal is just showing. Like, yeah. It's such a fancy, nice-looking lightsaber, dude. I mean, that's what Starkiller was originally, you know? He originally was an Inquisitor, so... Yeah. And I just, I feel like that, like, envisioning that, it makes sense. I mean, it it's not making sense that Sam Witwer would play Merrick, but it, if it was, having that type of scene, like a Vader-esque, where his mask gets removed, and it just pans up to being Sam Witwer, people are going to lose their minds. A hundred percent. And that's not even, like, the main villain yeah he's still got the blue dude creeping <laughs> hanging it could with be the, the organ it could be the blue dude that sent him you yeah. know yeah literally ain't nobody really than gorilla i'm hyped bro even if it's yeah, not him yeah. i just want to know who it is you know but i just hope it's not i don't want it to be a new person can i say that it's who would it be? I am 90% on Let It Be Starkiller, 10% Let It Be Barris Afi. If Let It Be Mace Windu. I'm really hoping it's not just some bullshit basic Inquisitor. I'm like not just, either. It's like a placeholder Inquisitor, a villain, opponent. Yeah, well, I wouldn't... Like, this... I, I feel like if they are nobody, then their placeholder is worse than Trilla's. You know, Tr Trilla at least had a part. Even if it's just video games. What um, if it's Cal Kestis? The gay dude from the Rimless. <laughs> God damn it. What if it's Cal Kestis? What if he's the Inquisitor? I don't think people's heads would drop as much as it being Sam Witwer. As Galen Merrick. Mm -hmm. What was what was Starkiller's name? Galen Merrick. And what's the Inquisitor's name? Um, I, I have to look it up actually. I'll look it up as we're as we're here. Live from San Diego. 
So his name was Galen Merrick. And then Inquisitor, Star Wars, Ahsoka. Oh, don't Name. do that, Goofia. The dude that gets smoked in that vision shit? I'd be heated. His name is Merrick. <laughs> no shot. His name is Merrick. Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that Inquisitor, yeah, his name is Merrick, and that's the slightest connection that to Galen Merrick there is. I ain't you know? even seen that trailer. I'm under a rock, I'm sorry. Honestly, though, I'm like, if sorry. you try him dual-wield... Well, no, I think he has an Inquisitor Saber as an Inquisitor. He... Bro. Great, go. <laughs> he does. He absolutely does have a dual-wield Saber Staff. Not dual-wield Saber Staff, that was just stupid of me. A, a, a staff. Bro. <laughs> Let it be Starkiller, please. Like, it just op it, it makes us excited for another project. It, that's my biggest quote-unquote fantasy, is to see the light side apprentice versus the dark. Yeah, literally it, you're it, seeing Anakin's apprentice fight <laughs> Vader's apprentice, you know? It, it, there's just no greater nerd out. Let, the, let them break apart the sabers, dual-wield those hoes. Come on, man. What the He's heck? Pull down a shield, but watch out. Honestly, pull it out of the sky, bro. So what are you doing? Pull it out of the sky. We're gonna wrap up the pod with our galactic dispatches, and we're going to kick it off with the Juder reading some <clears throat> questions for us. It's gonna be Juder gotcha. and I reading questions, and then MJ, if you wanna answer any of them, feel free to just hop in. We got Sarah from Los Angeles. How do you think Ahsoka Tano's departure from the Jedi Order impacted Anakin's journey towards becoming Darth Vader? Heavily. You think so? For sure. It was... For sure. It, I mean, it was feelings that are obviously negative, which, you know, hurt him very much. Mm -hmm. There was a deleted scene with Anakin and Obi-Wan talking about it. Yeah. I never uh I never came to screen. You may have seen it, but he's like talking about like how would he feel in in that same aspect. And you know, it happened. Um it became Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. I think it would like I think what it did was it planted the seeds of Anakin and maybe not even planting the seeds maybe the seeds were already there but I think it helped in cultivating his disbelief in the Jedi and especially the Jedi Council because if they are they they just they mistreated Ahsoka you know she was guilty before being innocent and every time we see that it just sucks and when it's one of your own I think it's even a bigger testament to how convoluted and big-headed that you can get so I think Ahsoka's departure from the Jedi if it didn't if it didn't like put the ball on the tee 
for Anakin. I think honestly, it it was bigger than we anticipated on his journey towards becoming Darth Vader. Because ultimately, what I think was the 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 switch was Anakin learning that he's gonna be a father. Because when you learn that you're gonna be a father, like I've never had this, but I can only imagine that your protective instincts just kick in and all you want to do is provide for your family and protect them. And I, I think that Ahsoka's departure has probably just as much to do with that as him becoming a father did. What about you, Jute? I feel like she was there with Padme and Kenobi. She would have been another voice for a reason. Yeah. Probably could have helped him snap out of it. Who knows? It's another what if. Yeah. But yeah, I would say it was pretty big. Yeah, that's the one thing that Star Wars lacked, but I think is good. Some people may not feel the same, is that there was lack of communication. Like, I, I guess it's a similar what if. Like, what if Anakin opened up about his relationship with Padme? You know what I mean? <laughs> what, how would it have you know, because attachments were forbidden and this and that. So, for sure. Honestly, man, I think if he... Getting kicked out of the Jedi for him probably wouldn't be the best thing for him at the moment. Because what more did he have to learn from the Jedi, honestly? It was more so just internal things that he needed to learn, like conquering patience and conquering that understanding. Because he was already a great person, probably the best in the Jedi Order with a lightsaber. And you see just how much he cares about people and how much he wants to protect people. So I think if he got kicked out, it would have been the best for sure. Um, next question is from Michael in New York City. In episode three, we see the transformation of Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. How did his internal struggle between light and dark mirror the broader conflict of the Clone Wars? For me, it's one of those things with Anakin, especially that you see the tones of him changing and shifting. I think it's always there just like just the like struggle for light and dark is you know what i'm saying boys it's yin and yang yeah exactly can't always have good cop bad cop mm -mm. gotta have good cop bad cop <laughs> plus bad cop <laughs> and i just think with anakin everything if you simulated anakin's life 10 times this is the one simulation where everything just fucking goes wrong <laughs> but unfortunately in life we don't get second chances so it does suck to see him transform between before our eyes but with so much content like the clone wars and the movies you do see it happen you do see it happen uh the next one's from phil in naperville illinois Order 66 was a pivotal moment in Revenge of the Sith. How do you think that the Jedi Order could have better prepared for such a betrayal? Or was this downfall inevitable? I believe it was inevitable. 
I don't think there's a way to prepare for something like that. Like a chip telling somebody, oh, you gotta kill your fucking loved ones. Palpatine was 30 steps ahead. That plus the Jedi being so political that their own judgments are clouded. And they just refuse to believe it. That it's inevitable. I mean, they could have thought about it, but it it was such a betrayal that you're kind of effed. You know what I mean? It's your own soldiers turning against you. Yeah. No matter what you do, I think it's just... It's griefed. I think they should have had a plan in place in case, like... Because if you are the protectors of peace and justice in the Republic, what happens when that peace subsides? Like, you should have these plans for, I think, at least the worst-case scenario where the Republic turns on you. You should have these plans in place, so I think they could have been better prepared. But that's why I don't fuck with Yoda, because I think he was just a bit lazy as a Grandmaster. Damn. Like, he had, dude, he had 850 years. <laughs> but look it, at Grogu, how old's he? The dude couldn't yeah. even talk properly. Cut him he can't slack. even talk. He couldn't, no, Yoda couldn't even talk properly. We gotta cut him some slack. I just think he had way too much time to prepare. Like, you tell me in 850 years, you don't get even a premonition of anything. Not enough time. Not enough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, if he had one more decade. <laughs> like, I literally, I mean, dude, I could have definitely had a burrito or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I think they should have had a plan to at least, like, have some sort of enclave far away that no one knew about, no one touched on, and literally, like, only Yoda knew. Only... Kind of like uh, what Cal Kestis wanted. Yeah. It's just some place that they can escape to and regrow their numbers and regrow their order. They should have had something like that in play... But they didn't. So for their lack of preparation, there was a, a downfall that's inevitable, you know. But at the same time, you look at how, how many of those cats got clocked in battle. I think that's, that's on you at the same time. Like, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be spreading out your forces as much as they are. I think you need to prepare and train clones to be commanders and not have to rely so heavily on Jedi to do so. So they did it to themselves for sure. But could they have prepared better? Of course. Anyone can always prepare better, you know. One of those questions. You got this one, Jute? We got May from Tokyo. The Jedi and Sith have distinct philosophies. How did the Jedi Code and Sith teachings contribute to the events leading up to Order 66? Um... Leading up to Order 66, I think it's funny that in the philosophies, the Jedi more so acted such as Sith, whereas the Sith more so acted as Jedi. The Sith were showing incredible patience, you know? They're hiding for a millennia. Over a thousand years, they're in hiding. <laughs> yep. And the, what are the Jedi doing? They're just enforcing Out their power. About. Yeah. Oh, here's me with my lightsaber. Watch out. Yeah, and power. Chains are broken. <laughs> yeah. And structures of power, being commanders, being generals. Like, 
that's not that's not for you but palpatine and this leads into the next question which i'll read real quick uh palpatine's manipulation of anakin is a key plot point in episode three what psychological tactics did palpatine employ to exploit anakin's vulnerabilities palpatine manipulation exactly palpatine was just manipulating everything and he had jedi i want you guys to be the generals for this army i want you guys to do it i want you guys to be the ones that say what to do i want you guys to be on the front lines this man was judge jury executioner 100 percent. and the person who was being the pr agent telling everyone what was going on so when it came down to it the Jedi have committed treason. He's feeding them fucked up dreams too. Yep. His wife died. And it's just sad to see, man. It's really sad to see. But at the yeah, same the biggest... time, like they fucking deserved it. They got too power. Wow. They got way too power hungry. That's for sure. Yeah, I think the biggest psychological tactic was him lying. Mm-hmm. Just that was just that that was it. You know, he could save his wife from dying. It's like really, I could. <laughs> I can do that? Do the deed like for eternity or until we die? Sure. <laughs> and my oh, favorite no. thing from watching that movie with Judah <laughs> was when Anakin, you know, helps kill Windu. And then he's like, help me save Padme. I can't live without her. But together we can discover how to do this. And he's like, wait, you didn't know how to do it? <laughs> oh, dude, that, 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 like, is equal to the stupidity of Padme, bro. Like, I, I murdered the men, and not just the women, but the children, too. And Padme's like, you did what? I still love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you did what? Fair play though, man. Fair play to Palpatine, honestly, bro. I like literally. It was a masterclass. Let's um, together. We'll find it together. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Bro wanted to bring back. Bro, he just messed up, and he knew it from then on. He was like, shit. I just. What? What have I done? He. So that one was from Raj from Mumbai, India. Shout out to Raj. Uh, this one comes from Isabella in Sydney, Australia, mate. The tragedy of the Clone Wars is deeply intertwined with the destiny of Anakin Skywalker. How did his relationships with Obi-Wan, Padme, and Palpatine shape his ultimate fate? Truth. Trusted in Palp way too much. Yeah. I think he just... You know about Sith teachings? <laughs> How do you oh. know? How do you know? <laughs> like, if he's smart, he's snitching right then and there. It was more so of Obi-Wan and Palpatine shaping his fate. Not really Padme so much. Obi-Wan was an inexperienced master. He was mm-hmm. also growing alongside of Anakin. And Palpatine was basically a effing granddad at this point who knew... He knew his stuff. He was 30 moves ahead of everything. So he literally groomed Anakin. Easily. Pretty much. That's Wonder Franco again. (laughs) And it's sad to see, man. Padme didn't do anything wrong, honestly. She just 
fell in love. Showed him boobies. She was caught in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, she just fell in love. <laughs> is what it is. Obi-Wan, like you said, I just... He was unprepared. He, I think Obi-Wan did his best. But... He was just the wrong candidate to train someone like Anakin. I think Qui-Gon was perfect for it. Yeah. Obi-Wan is just... Oh, Obi-Wan was not trained to be a trainer. <laughs> no. Just like me. Yeah. He trained him. He trained him not in the sense of, like, his apprentice. He trained him in the sense of, like, family. Yeah. You know, shout out to Vin Diesel and that whole family meme. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like, he... Me were my brother Anakin. Like mm -hmm. Duke couldn't even bring himself to kill his own apprentice and stop millions of deaths. I don't know how many people. A whole planet. Killed. Yeah, a whole planet. All the wrong. Whole <laughs> All the wrong places. And Palpatine, he just leapt at it, took advantage of it. You can't, you can't fault Palpatine, right? Nah. You can't. He's just a genius. Yeah, and at the same time, you can't give him too much credit because it was Plagueis' plan. Palpatine just literally put it into effect, and it was like, oh, holy shit, this is working. <laughs> what it's, is... working. Yeah, exactly. it's working! It's <laughs> working! Uh, next question we got from Ethan in Los Angeles, California. In the Clone Wars series, we see the effects of war on everyday citizens... How did the war impact the lives of the non-combatants across the galaxy? They uh, hated it. Yeah, they, they despised it. Like, whoever was trying to maintain control of their planet, they were pro the other guys. So if the Republic was trying to maintain control of, like, Ryloth, Ryloth became pro-separatist because they didn't want war on their planet, period. The citizens didn't give a sh what the hell was going on. They just wanted to be fed. They wanted access to jobs. Like, citizens were just chilling. They were just caught in the crossfires, you know? You'd be fucked being a citizen, bro. Oh, it would be terrible. Just imagine. Yeah, I, I would never. I can't do an honest day's work. I, I would be probably scoundrel at best, knowing my luck. I'd definitely <laughs> not get our <laughs> I'd be one of the... One of the fucking dwellers, one of the Jedi that gets sent to some fuck-off planet, told what to do, and get mowed down by Grievous. <laughs> I was Fred the, uh, Fred's the main lead in the cantina band. 100%. Wait, what's that one dude that cooks? That uh, Dexter? General Clevis. Oh. <laughs> Big Dexter. Isn't he getting his own show? I think he's getting a book or something, but yeah, I heard something All about right. that. Yeah, she better be good, boy. Yeah, he's in something oh, like that. Oh, Lord. Um, next question. You want to read this one, Judah? What are we on? We got Taylor from Lake Stevens, Washington. Episodes 1 through 3 introduce new characters and plot lines. What are your guys' thoughts on the continuation of the saga? And how did it honor the original trilogy while trying to create something fresh? You know what I gotta say about you, Taylor? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's Damn. on God. Damn. Do you want to start this one, MJ? Just trying to find out where the beef is. <laughs> um, how did it honor the original trilogy? I mean, 
Definitely with the story in itself. I mean, by the time the end episode three finished, it felt as if. I mean, it really is. It's like you going right into episode four, essentially. You know, with especially the with, yeah, especially with Tarkin just chilling there and like yeah. in his fucking pose, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, it does have like some missing like plot holes and stuff like that. I mean, every movie will, mm-hmm. but I mean with taking uh like puzzle pieces like a b c d it it connects you know they did it george did it beautifully especially he did it beautifully honestly and just to expand upon that like while it introduced new characters new plot lines it did so to strengthen and just make the characters that we know juicier like obi-wan kenobi like ben kenobi we see him he's a hermit how did he get there we see anakin and we see vader how did he get there why did he get there and i think it was just a really good telling of the story of anakin skywalker i think it was a it was magically well done i don't think that there's a bad film in the skywalker saga so by that i think it honors the original trilogy and with the world building that it does and it's just like i said with it's just as it is different it mirrors the original trilogy in every essence because it just shows how the world was before the empire and how much it really was already like the empire just the good guys were in control so good question what about you jute I ain't got nothing for this one. Yeah, that's fair. Don't worry. I, I could add more. I could I could add more in Jute's place if you'd like. Go yeah, what are you thinking? I mean I mean episodes one, two, three, introducing new characters, that's that's a for sure statement. I mean so my biggest thing with Star Wars in a positive manner is like if you have one foot in a door, how far do you think you are through that door in the realm of Star Wars? Are you equivalent to a foot or are you almost as solidified as concrete because you're that one foot in the door i think you got to be as solidified as concrete with it that's my that's my biggest thing that i love about star wars like i don't want to dwell onto the topic of Cara Dune and her character, but she's a prime example, you know? Her whole incident and thing that's going on, even though that's happening, she's still Cara Dune to me, you know what I mean? So, I and with that being said, back to episodes one through three, Jango Fett is my strongest candidate, I would say. You know, he is the creator of all of these clones. Yeah all of them the canvas and then his son which is in four five six that honored it uh, really well honestly he wanted his own kid you know he didn't i guess he couldn't he couldn't get a girl i don't know what his whole thing but we're gonna <laughs> leave that to george but he was like yo make me a make me a test tube baby but don't mod him just i want him and it was brilliant like the way that it played out nobody felt i mean probably people felt some sort of way about it but for me back to the puzzle thing a b c d it was connected beautifully Mm -hmm. yeah and like i was just about to say 
if you watch any of the Star Wars movies, I don't think it really matters where you pick it up, right? Because say you watch episode five, you mm -hmm. see a character like Boba Fett, and you wonder like, wow, I wonder how he got here. You watch episode one, and you see the story unfold. You see what happens to Qui-Gon. You see what happens to Obi-Wan. Maybe you wonder like, damn, I wonder what, what's going to happen with this kid Anakin, you know? So you want to watch the second one. So, you watch the second one. You see Anakin fall in love with Padme. You see Dooku escape. You see the clones be made. And you're like, wow, how is this going to keep going? And it just keeps you enticed to watch something new. And I think that's the power that Star Wars has as a story being told. Is that it keeps you captivated to want to watch what happens either before or what happened before. Uh, what happens after it. Yep. And I think that in and of itself honors the original trilogy because the original trilogies were simply about like, damn, the Death Star just blew up. Like, how are the Rebels, how are the Empire going to react? Damn, Luke Skywalker just escaped Darth Vader. How is, how, what's going to happen in the sixth movie? Gee. Damn. Luke's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really, but he stops himself. And then, boom, the rebellion wins the war against the Empire. Like, I want to see what, I wanna see what happens before it. How did we get here? So, I think in that sense, it honors the original trilogy for sure. I want to ask, it's a, a random question, but it did pop into my head, and I think it's a solid one considering the topic. So, you know how we got... The Clone Wars, which filled in the gaps between, what was it, episodes two to three? Yeah. Do you think we're going to get a similar, I don't know what the title would be, but do you think we're going to get a similar show that would fill in the gaps from episodes six to seven? I don't think we'll get six to seven, but I think we'll get content for it. You know what I'm saying? I think if we were going to get a Clone Wars-esque show, I think we would get one that fills in from five to six because there's just a bit too much there's not enough organization with what happens between six and seven and that's also kind of why i picked that time period to write my book in that time period um but i do think i would be so down for post like heir to the empire an heir to the empire type show i would be so down for and we i mean we are kind of getting that with the mandoverse i can honestly see heir to the empire being a trilogy like the timid because the timothy's on books is a trilogy of books right it's a quad it's a quad i did not know that yeah there's I'm... there's a there's a set trilogy and then there's a fourth which kind of like is the aftermath and you look back at the trilogy Okay, so I don't think that would be a thing. But no. the first three, yes. Mm -hmm. I could see Dave Filoni. Like, if, if this, if, because I believe the movie is confirmed, if the movie pops off, I really think that that's going to turn into the trilogy of Heir to the Empire. And Ahsoka's just the prequels, the prequel, the pregame. Yeah. You know, all the peas. I'm pushing peas. <laughs> I'd be look I'm down for as much Star Wars content as possible just as long as it makes sense 
It doesn't. And it's good. Yeah, it doesn't. Good. It doesn't ruin George's characters, and it's good. More Shin Hati. More Shin Hati. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who the hell is that? <laughs> Who the hell is even that? She's the uh, female Ahsoka, or the dark side Ahsoka. BSF or ASF. Mm hmm. Oh, no, ATF. <laughs> Ahsoka Tano Fallen. <laughs> Yeah, look up Shin Hati, but it's spelled Hattie. H A T I. Yeah. Straight baddie. Straight baddie. Oh, that broad. That broad. Yep, that that lady. Yep. I th I, yeah. Truthfully, Wookie. I th oh, Wikipedia. Oh. <laughs> my fault. My fault. Next question we got from Jack Cuff from Instagram, and he is from England. What if Anakin never got burnt on Mustafar? He'd be a bad motherfucker. Yeah. So the biggest thing with that and him getting burned, I mean, so I'm going to add some, I guess, lines to that statement. If he never got burned, does he not lose his limbs is what we're going with? Because him losing his limbs costed him a lot of midichlorians in his body. So, like, when he lost the three of his four limbs, because he already had the one robotic limb mm -hmm. that he lost. <laughs> this man's a... Um, C-3PO. Yeah, he's, he's a robot. <laughs> I think we're going on the lines of, like, limbs are gone. He was forced Jesus, and now he's forced nothing. Basically. Yeah. Like, he went from chosen one to garbage can essentially like even though he he is darth vader and he's a legend like but the suit also harmed him you know and made him nerfed and losing limbs made him less powerful because of less metachlorians and if he never got burned he would be one hell of somebody to be afraid of he would have killed palpatine yeah 100 percent. i think if he beats obi-wan he kills palpatine yep and if he never gets burnt, I think that he, even then, like, what are you going to do to a Anakin Skywalker who finds out that Padme is dead? <laughs> what are you going to do to that? Like, you're going to stop him? No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You and what army? Because even though he gets burnt and he loses his limbs, he's still Anakin Skywalker. You know, he's not a machine. He, of course, his limbs are, but he's not being reliant upon the dark side to live because Vader was holistically, he relied on hatred and agony and pain to, mm -hmm. to live. That's why his, his, uh, his suit was built with these tiny finite needles to represent nerve endings, but at the same time, they're stabbing into him. Yeah, that was seven. all. That was all Palpatine's uh, plan, you know, just to keep him at bay. Essentially, yep. did you happen to uh, read the Vader comics? Did you know that, like, when he found out Padme was dead, that he did attack Palpatine in that moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he Palpatine put him to bed. <laughs> yeah, night night. <laughs> so I think if Anakin doesn't get burnt, I think he becomes the Emperor. Yeah. Emperor Anakin, Emperor Skywalker. Yeah. That has a nice ring to it. That does. And that's a really good question, Jack. 
Appreciate that one, buddy. Next one, we got another from Japan. And this one's from Ken in Tokyo, Japan. The Jedi Council's decisions during the Clone Wars have far-reaching consequences. Can you analyze their strategic choices and how they impacted the war's outcome? Um, It's kind of like having hindsight. Of course, they made dumbass decisions, but like... You try and figure out why they did so. So, they're look. One of the like prime examples is they want they need to send a Jedi to confront Grievous on Utapau. Kaiati Mundai says they need to send someone experienced. Who's more experienced than Anakin Skywalker? Oh. <laughs> Literally out the womb as a Jedi, he has True. been a fucking general. His entire time True. as a general. They literally rushed him to become a knight so they can make him a general. True. He's fought in the most battles. He's won the most battles. He has the most elite clone force. But they send Kenobi in his booty ass 212th. And you know why? Because he raised that mother trucker. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he knows came from this old head. So, obviously, they do dumb stuff, right? But it's in hindsight because the story tells us that they have to. Um, they send Yoda to Kashyyyk. If Yoda was at the temple instead of Mace Windu, even... Why do you gotta send? Why do you have to send Yoda there in the first place? You know, talk some shit. Send anybody else with the Wookies. Send two, two of anyone Gundy. else. Why send did they? The why do they only take four motherfuckers to confront a Sith Lord? They <laughs> all got washed. Within eight seconds, three of them were dead. <laughs> it was so sad. It's like yo, you have years of combat experience. <laughs> Honestly, and I get he's using his his Sith speed and his uh he's inflicting fear on them as well. That's why he's moving so quickly. But bro, at the same time, why are you only taking four dudes when you have a temple full of Jedi? What are we doing? Fuck it, send the kids at him. Send everybody. I mean, it's something that seems official, you know, when you're going in if you were going to like huddle, it's like okay, Jedi. Yeah, huddle up, boys. It's like all right, I need you, you, you. You guys are all gas at effing people up. Let's go. Yeah. You know that that would kind of be the motion, I guess, at least in my head, that what would happen or transcribe, I guess, if that's the right word. Um, it's just be like, yo, we're all gas with a saber. There's no way we'll outnumber him. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it's just like, oh. And then Mace Windu's just like, it's just me. You gotta be mother. fucking kidding me. There goes, there goes my two attackers <laughs> and my supports down to the tank. <laughs> How am I supposed he, to do this? Solid um, question, though, but the Jedi Council, bunch of fucking idiots. That's why. And I think that also boils down to Mace Windu just being so obsessed with his own status because he knows that if Anakin joins the council as the chosen one, that really does accelerate his prophecy. 
If he becomes a, a Jedi Master, that accelerates his prophecy. And Mace Windu was kind of clinging to power, so... Yeah, he no tells that a Jedi really exaggerated or... Uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Like, grappled onto that um, notion, right, of Mace Windu wanting to become the power. Yep. Like, he literally betrayed Dooku. And it was such a hurtful moment. You know what I mean? Dooku was like, you literally did that? But... I remember that. <laughs> like, bro. That's why I kind of wish we saw them clash at some point. Yeah, same. Ins instead of just that face-off that they had. But, yeah. hey, it is what it is. Uh, last question of the pod is from Atom in Liverpool. And we've got Palpatine's rise to power is a masterclass in manipulation. How did yeah. his orchestrated rise to Chancellor and Emperor showcase his ability to exploit the political system what do you think about that one mj pick me pick me <laughs> um so i haven't seen obviously all of clone wars but there is a few bits and pieces that i have seen some yeah. good parts you know such of the works there is a of uh a part in the clone wars i don't know which episode off the top of my head that'd be very nerdy but there is a 30 second segment in the clone wars where palpatine says some statement and it is so factually scary and bone chilling he goes the simple words of a senator can sway millions mm -hmm. and my god <laughs> he's not wrong Nah. For fiction, it's so true to the teat that it's like kind of scary in real life. Like it, the government and the, you know, like going. Through, yeah, my mind is now in like. <laughs> man, nah, he, he, he's spitting facts like the entire time. You don't really like he's just speaking between the lines, and you can see. With every action he does, he does it for a reason. <laughs> like, he puts Anakin and Padme together for a reason. He sees the love interest between the two. He puts Dooku here. He puts Anakin here. Obi-Wan here. The clones here. He's an absolute... Like, he's an absolute chess player playing against yeah, people who aren't even playing chess. They're playing kickball. You know? Grandmaster in chess against a rookie. Exactly. Just you don't win. <laughs> it's unreal. What about you, Jute? How you feeling about it? He's just tricking people, man. There's nothing more. He's the just whole tricking time. motherfuckers. The whole time. How should I do that shit, man? <laughs> Fuck. And it worked. That's the thing that's crazy, too. Like, he must have had a moment. I mean, he probably From celebration dancing. Just he probably wishes he wasn't all scarred up and shit. But at the same time, he was probably just happier than hell, happier than hell that it worked. And he was probably twerking on Darth Plagueis's grave, like "fuck you, you old bastard." And I did it. I'm the Sith. Episodes four through six were his prime years, and you know he was dancing in the dorm room every fucking oh, yeah. 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, you don't even see him in episode four because he's just off hanging out. Me? We're hanging around. 
But anyways, boys, that was the Archives Podcast Episode 3. We will see you next week on Wednesday for Episode 4. And with all that being said, for Juder, MJ, and myself, may the Force be with you. And have a good one. Peace out. Always. Thank you.